Hi friends, it's John. Today on the show, you'll hear the story of Christian and what it's like to love horses and horsemanship in Germany. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about our newest sponsor, Total Saddle Fit, and their shoulder relief cinch. Check out totalsaddlefit.com and tell them you heard it on the Woe Podcast. Cinch check. If you have ever done an ETI trail challenge, you've heard the term. But aside from that, how often do you think of your cinch? How did you even pick your cinch anyway? Is it the one that just came with your saddle? The Woe Podcast would like to welcome our newest sponsor, Total Saddle Fit. They're the makers of the shoulder relief cinch, which is changing the way riders look at their cinch. With its unique design, the shoulder relief cinch mirrors the anatomy of your horse, improving saddle fit and providing more shoulder freedom and elbow comfort. The shoulder relief cinch is comfortably padded with cutaways in places where your horse needs it. But the real magic of the shoulder relief cinch is that it redirects the latigos of your saddle to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with your horse's range of motion. I got mine. I'm a little late to the party. Over 10,000 riders already rely on the benefits of the shoulder relief cinch. I want you to take a look at this innovative new piece of tack at totalsaddlefit.com. Check out the design, then pick out your size, color, and material. Shipping is free no matter where in the world you live, and there's a 30-day risk-free return policy. Go to totalsaddlefit.com. Click on the Learn More under Shoulder Relief Cinch and see for yourself why this product will have you thinking differently about your cinch. 30 days no risk guarantee and free worldwide shipping? You owe it to your horse to go to TotalSaddleFit.com and check out the Shoulder Relief Cinch. And when you place your order, thank them for supporting the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare, and you've found the place where we talk horses. One of the things I like about horses is that you get to live in your own little world with them. Sometimes, so much so, you forget about the world around you. Part of the goal with this episode is to share some of the worlds other listeners live in. I got a very thoughtful email from a listener. You know, I'm just going to say friend because listener just doesn't cover it. Christian lives in Germany with his wife and three children. It sounds like he has a demanding white collar job. He was very complimentary of the podcast. One of his favorites was the episode with cowboy Bill Mooney. He encouraged us to keep producing them. Thanks. I've had several emails back and forth with Christian. His English is very good. Through the emails, I've learned a little about his life with horses in Germany. He gave me permission to share some of his story. Christian's parents owned a barbershop and lived in the city. His family really had nothing at all to do with animals, let alone horses. In Germany and most of Europe, Christian tells us, horses and riding are the domain of women. Germany has 4 million riders, but only 20% are men. He doesn't explain why, but Christian was always drawn to horses. 
At age 11, his mother found a large established school and he had his first experience with vaulting. But this didn't last long because a classmate got his own horse about this time. The classmate's parents needed somebody about the same age and size of their son to get on the horse. Yeah, you can see where I'm going here. The horse was still in training, but Christian jumped at the chance to ride this horse. As Christian puts it, oh boy, as much as I liked that horse, he was a barrel of gunpowder. I was still making my first steps in riding, and this horse, a four or five-year-old gray gelding named Shapalu, was in the beginning of his training too. This meant that he and I were lunged, and it was done the old-fashioned way. Now here, Christian takes us on a little backstory of horsemanship in Europe. To explain this in more detail, you have to take a look at the history of horses and riding in Europe, and especially Germany. The early riding in Europe after the heavily armored riders of medieval times disappeared was strongly influenced by the Iberian or Spanish style of riding. Riding was an art. The perfectly trained horse was your life insurance and likely the most critical and strategic factor on the battlefield. Look at Napoleon or even Alexander the Great. It was horses that made the difference. Over the years, with the development of more and more machines, this art of riding and horsemanship disappeared into the background. However, with World War I and World War II, the horses became a necessity again. This time, their duties in war were more of a utility to move men and material. The battlegrounds became much bigger and the demand for horses and men were enormous. The military strongly influenced the training of horses. Novice riders were expected to learn how to handle their horses easily and in a short period of time. So many aspects of the former art and horsemanship got blurred and buried under more manual-like instructions and standardizations. The horse had to function. Such standards and instructions have been collected in the official book of riding rules and regulations of the German army called H.DV.12. Originally written in 1882 and lastly revised in 1937, this book of riding rules and regulations is still the foundation of the German arm of the FBI. Between the lines, you can of course find the right aspects. However, the standardizations make it hard to interpret the right way. Therefore, this militaristic approach still has a strong presence. It was this approach Christian was brought up with in his new horse journey. Back to Christian's companion, Shapalu. He had to function and the whip was flying if he was not. Yes, they are connected to a lunge, but the horse with Christian on top was all over the place, bucking and running around the training arena. Christian was told to hang in there as the horse would just have to get over it. There was definitely more yelling than horse whispering. For a young kid learning to ride, it wasn't easy, but at least he learned to stay in the saddle. Christian only wanted to enjoy horses and was never into competing. Growing up, his parents could not afford a horse, but Christian rode for and with other people who kept horses for enjoyment. 
From around age 15 to 19, he was out riding in the fields of Germany, going swimming with horses and enjoying their companionship. At that time in Germany, there was a mandatory military service, and Christian lost contact with horses while he fulfilled his duty. Out of the service, he finished university, got married, and his first child was born. His career advanced, but there were no horses in his life. The international company he worked for sent him to work at their plant in Evanston, Wyoming. Now, according to Christian, this is not the exact middle of nowhere, but you can see it from there. He was invited to a friend's guest house out on a ranch for a barbecue and some beers. The rancher's daughter asked if he would like a tour of the place. Absolutely. They put him on a ranch horse and it was wonderful. To hear him write about it, for me, this was cowboy land. The scenery was so amazing, something I'd always dreamed of as a kid. Then we hit on some cattle out on the pasture. From one second to another, my horse, a little brown mare, was electric. I knew this feeling too well from my time with Shapalu, and I was already seeing the worst happening. But to my surprise, the little mare stayed with me. She was electric, yes, but in the sense of, okay, I'm here, let's go to work. Tell me what to do, I'm with you, and just await your orders. Under him was this super sensitive horse, right there with full attention on a potential job to be done. And he felt in full control with loose reins in just two fingers. His feeling for horses came rushing back. He told himself right there and then, if I will ever get back on a horse, I want to ride like this. He was 31 at the time and it fired him up to get back into horses and study all he could find out about horsemanship and proper horse training in general. So how does today look like? Christian still has a demanding job and a growing family. He doesn't own a horse, but he found a small training stable nearby. He rides at least once a week, if not twice. He takes lessons from a professional trainer building on his riding skills. He goes out on trail rides and sometimes even has an opportunity to push some cows around. And during family vacation, Christian incorporates his love of horses and riding. Last year, he fulfilled a dream and took a riding lesson in Spain on a real PRE stallion. That was a feeling of its own. While his wife likes horses, she doesn't have the passion Christian possesses. But he is passing his love of horses down to his children. Christian believes the horse must have a good start from the beginning, but he also feels that most of the focus should actually be on the rider. How can one expect the horse to do maneuvers correctly if the rider gives the wrong signals? One example he wrote about was this. By applying too much pressure with the leg, most people tend to kink in with their hip. What happens is that you give much more pressure with the inner side of your ischial tuberosities. I hope I translated this correctly. If not, I mean with the bottom. And whereas your leg wants to move the horse's hind legs, your bottom tells your horse more or less to move sideways. What you notice is your leg, but what you do not notice is the command you give unintentionally. 
So the horse is confused and follows your command and rather moves around its middle than its hind. That's why I would always start to question what may I have done incorrectly before I would start to look at the horse. And that's why I believe that having regular feedback or even a lesson from a more experienced rider or trainer is worth a lot for both you and the horse. I want to thank Christian for sharing his time and his story and patiently answering all my questions about horse life in Germany. It was really fun getting to connect with somebody, oh, a whole world away. And I really enjoyed this part of the podcast. So that'll do it for this episode. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And every episode is at wopodcast.com. I would like to hear about your horse. Do you have a story to tell? What was the hardest thing you had to learn about horsemanship? Was it through experience? Share your story with us. Either record yourself telling the story or contact me and we'll set up a time and I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll record it and edit, put it all together. My email is john at woepodcast.com. Check out the Woe Podcast on Facebook. Share a few photos of you having fun with your horse. I love seeing that. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram too. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. That's how we grow. So until next time, for Renee, this is John Harris saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.